welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. How many people believe that today? That Jesus changes everything. Today some chains are going to fall. It's going to be broken open. Floodgates are going to open up because God has a plan for your life. Because Jesus changes everything. Thank you for joining us today. If you're in the room, you can go ahead, grab a seat, say what's up to some people. If you're online with us, we would love it if you would say hi. Throw it in the comments section. Let us know where you are listening or watching from. Oh, but I'm so honored and privileged to be here this morning. And as Joe so perfectly stated earlier, we want you to know you don't have to believe to belong because Jesus changes everything. Man, this week has been crazy. It's Thanksgiving, Black Friday, all that going on, but our prayer is that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We understand that it might have looked differently this year, that you didn't get to celebrate the same way. Maybe you made a meal for the first time and freaked out. You did it. You can give yourself a round of applause if that's you. Be excited about it. And, and maybe you're that household that normally hosted it and you didn't get to this year, but you still made way too much food in your family. In your house is thanking you for all the leftovers you get to have. That's cool. You don't have to buy any more groceries. You're good to go. But as I've been reflecting on this week, I've been thinking about all the things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my wife, Melissa, who's an incredibly encouraging wife who loves me so well and takes care of our boys. I am thankful for our boys, Matthew, Micah, and Malachi. But I'm thankful for our Soul Revival Church family. Just to get to pause and think about what God's done. That we're just a little over a year old and we've had to face so many challenges. But that's what walking with Jesus looks like. It looks like facing some challenges. It looks like going through some things you would have never anticipated. But God still shows up and he still works through it all. Like we right now are streaming. Like there's a host of people behind the camera right now helping to make this possible. Our worship team who can make this possible. The dedication, the practice that goes into it. And I'm incredibly thankful and grateful for that. So if there's someone that you're thankful for, let them know. It's still, I know Sunday is technically the beginning of a new week, but we're just a few days past Thanksgiving, let people know in your life that you appreciate them, that you're thankful for them, because it can go a long way and it can speak a lot to them. Now today, we're actually closing out our series on Soul Revival Values. As a church, the mission statement, the vision statement that God has placed on our hearts is to help people connect with God, discover purpose, live in community, and love our city. Everything is based around those things, and there are eight core values, and if you've missed any of our messages to this point, you should go back and check them out. I mean, last week, Melissa brought the word with our uh, value of be the blessing, and the title was blessed to be a blessing. I will never look at a sponge the same way. Anybody else? Like, oh, wow. Like, that got me convicted and challenged me in a good way. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation will be guilt and shame. The enemy uses that, but conviction is the Holy Spirit saying, man, I'm seeing some things I want to help adjust in your life. And I had to make some adjustments. I had to go to the Holy Spirit as my chiropractor after that message. So I'm telling you, you should go back because I was so encouraged and inspired through it. But as I think about the thing that I am most thankful for, it's my relationship with Jesus. The fact that Jesus came and died for me. 
and he came and he died for you. And our final value, now Jesus said the first will be last and the last will be first. So I thought we would play on that this week because the last value that we are going off of is the first, the most important, and the one that all other values are hinged upon. And that is that Jesus changes everything. He changed everything. We just sang that, and my spirit just felt this connection right now in this moment to say, God, what does that look like? How can we embrace that fully? That Jesus changes everything. And we're going to jump into that this week. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in John 3. If you got your phone, you're going to pull it up on the app. If you're watching on your phone, that's cool. Don't shift away. You can look it up afterwards. Get a notebook out and take some notes. I believe it'll bless you through it all. But we always want to let you know, though, that the Bible can be an intimidating thing. And we know that that's the case. Um, but we also want you to know that it is not something that you need to be intimidated by. It's not a book of rules that you have to follow in order to earn the love of God. This is a love story. It is about a God who created a perfect world, and because of the mistakes that man made to separate us from God, it's been a love story of him chasing after us ever since. And it culminates by him sending his son, Jesus, for us, so that he would take on the burdens of the world, the sins of the world, after he lived a perfect life, that he would be sacrificed and killed for us. But that's not where it ends. He rose again, and he is seated on the throne, and now his Holy Spirit leads and guides our lives, and we get to use this of saying, God, how can I get closer to you? Because this is a way that he wants to help us within our lives. So when you read the Bible, do not be intimidated. And there's a lot of things that you can read as a story, too, because these are factual events that have taken place. But if you've gotten there, I'm going to read John 3:16 and 3:17, some of the most recognizable verses in the Bible. But uh, we're going to dive into a little bit more today. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But this, this is where we stop sometimes, but we got to keep going. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the honor and the privilege to come before you. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would help me get out of the way, that your spirit would be felt in this place, that you would speak through me, and the words that would come out would not be mine, but would be yours. Lord, we lay our lives down to you. I pray that that burning within our hearts would make us holy ground. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Man, has anybody ever seen the movie Drop Zone? You're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Well, uh, <laughs> man, I, we had a fun conversation with some friends in the Zoom room recently. Isn't that weird? Like, that's how we hang out with people now. You go on Zoom and you just look at one another because you can't hang out in larger groups. But we were in Zoom and, and the question came up. Like, what's one thing in your life you always wished you could have done, but you haven't because you're too scared? The number one answer was skydiving. And that was my answer as well, because I've always wanted to do it. And it's like, there's always an excuse here or there, but most importantly, it's because who wants to go up into a plane and then jump out? It just doesn't seem rational, but it seems awesome. And it's something that I would love to do someday. And the title of this message is actually Drop Zone. So if you're taking notes, the title is Drop Zone, because I saw the movie Drop Zone, Wesley Snipes, way back in the day, and it was awesome. And then I started to look up, like, what is a drop? zone. And a drop zone, if you want to go and skydive, is an authorized location where you can launch from and then you can drop into, you can land at. So it's an authorized facility. There's one on 
the interstate, like between Highway 11 and 20, every time I go by, I'm like, oh, someday, someday I'm going to do it. And it made me think, like, what does that look like for us? Drop zone, like, what kind of courage does it take for someone to go up and jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Some of you are like, yeah, sorry, that's not a desire of mine whatsoever. Others of you, that might be on your bucket list. Well, when this COVID thing's done, we need to get a group together. We go and jump out of an airplane. Who's with me? Yeah, let's do it. If you're married, though, you can take turns. You know, maybe we'll go in two different phases, just, you know, just in case. <laughs> I'm just playing. I am just playing. But drop zone, what does that have to do with the Bible? Well, there's some verses I want to talk to you about today that really do. In Luke 5, it's a story that's going to make sense, trust me. But when you think about a drop zone and how it can relate to the Bible, there's a story that really makes sense to me within it. So if you go to Luke 5, that's where we're going to be. So we've been looking at a lot of parables through this series. And a parable is a story that Jesus would use to help point people to truths about who God is, truths about what he wants to do through our lives. But this is a story that really took place. And in Luke 5, 17, just to give you a little backstory here, Jesus had been healing people. He had been performing miracles, and everybody was hearing about it. Everyone was hearing about this Jesus. So they're rushing. They're dropping everything to go to Jesus to say, man, what's going on here? I want to hear about it. And that's where we pick up where one day Jesus was teaching Luke 5:17 and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. So here's the teachers and the Pharisees. These are the people that have been waiting on the Messiah, but they don't want to believe the fact that Jesus could possibly be the Messiah, but they're still interested and intrigued. In this modern day and age, we might call them haters. You know, they're always showing up. They always got something to say. They never feel like they're for you. But here they are in this room where Jesus is talking to them and he's sharing his word. But what's interesting to me is that they dropped everything to be there. They dropped everything to show up and to say, what's going on? Is this guy for real? Or how can we prove that he's not? But as it continues on, you know, Jesus remained motivated. Do you ever realize sometimes people come and they may not have the right motive? And we start to question, like, what is their motive? But Jesus didn't let that affect him whatsoever. He remained motivated despite their bad motives. He remained motivated to share the gospel, the good news, the truth about who his father in heaven was. And he took the opportunity right there in that room to continue to share the gospel with him. He remained motivated. Are you motivated in your faith in Jesus? These are questions we have to ask ourselves sometimes. Like, God, what am I doing? Am I living out a life that is motivated to help share the gospel? Or maybe we have to look at our own motives sometimes and say, all right, am I doing this for me or am I doing it for God? And we all make mistakes. We all fall short in this different areas of having different motivations. But what's incredible about who God is, is that doesn't stop him from remaining motivated to come after you, to share who he is with you. But it says something interesting next, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So he's preaching the gospel, he's sharing the good news, and he had the power to be able to heal the sick. It's important that we know that Jesus didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. We needed a doctor. Those are Jesus' words that he shared. And that's why the verse that we read in John 3, 17, like he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus has come to save the sick. 
And I'm not just talking about physically sick. There's things within us. There's struggles and challenges that we face in our lives. There is a real condemnation that's out there when you're not living in a relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus changes everything. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through him. And he came so that people would see who he is, that he was the Messiah, that he was the king, because Jesus changes everything. And he needed people to know it. He wanted people to know it because he desires a relationship with everyone. He desires a relationship with you. Whether you believe it or not, he desires a relationship with you. And as it continues, it says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house to lay him before Jesus. So here, four men, it says, you can look this up in Mark and Matthew as well, but four men are carrying this paralyzed man because they heard about what Jesus could do. I want friends like that. I want friends to say, did you hear about this Jesus healing people? Well, I've got a friend who's paralyzed. I've got a friend that's struggling with some things. I know that he is going through a difficult time, a life-altering situation, and moment with Jesus could change everything. So these men are carrying their paralyzed friend. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of strength required to carry him. But get this. As it continues on, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on a mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Jesus was their drop zone. Jesus was the drop zone that they just had to get their friend in front of. But when you read it in other, other books in the Bible, it talks about them actually having to peel back layers of a ceiling. These men saying, I believe so strongly in what I've heard about Jesus that I just need to get my friend in front of him. I want to be that kind of friend. I want to have that kind of friend. But it all starts with knowing that Jesus changes everything. Because when Jesus is your drop zone, you'll drop everything to do what he's calling you to do. When Jesus is your drop zone, you'll drop into situations that you feel like you are not welcome. The teachers and the Pharisees, those that Jesus was talking to in this room, they were the upper echelon. The people at the top of the food chain that would judge others and determine who's allowed to go where and when and who had value. Jesus knew they needed a heart change. So when it talked about him ready to heal the sick, like he wanted to heal their hearts. But then here are these people with a paralyzed man. If you were paralyzed or sick, they thought that you must have sinned or your family must have sinned. You're not someone that even should be around because it could rub off on you. But here these friends are like, I don't care. I need to get him in front of Jesus. I need to drop him in in front of Jesus because that's where life change can happen. I want that kind of motivation. I want to know that I want to do whatever it takes, whatever is possible to get in front of Jesus. Is Jesus your drop zone? I want him to be mine. I want to drop everything to get in front of him, and I want to drop in, even if it's into uncomfortable situations. Not only are they dropping them in from, like, just imagine this right now. If some person just came down, like, I'm preaching a message. I am nowhere near, near Jesus, that's for sure. But Jesus was sharing a message, and here a dude comes down right in front of him. Do you think he ignored him? 
think you told him, hey man, this isn't the right time or the right place. And here are these four guys looking up from the ceiling, just looking down like, all right, what's going to happen? What's Jesus going to do? Are you expectant when you pursue Jesus that, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? I have a feeling he's about to do something. What's he going to do? Do you have that expectation? Because we should. Whether or not he responds the way we want him to shouldn't matter. It's faith. Faith is a confidence in things hoped for and a belief in things not seen. They had faith in Jesus. They didn't need to be in front of him to see the miracle. They had faith in him to get him there because they trusted and expected once there it would happen. Are you having trust and faith in Jesus? I want him to have every area of my life. I want him to be the center. I want him to be my drop zone. I want to drop in front of Jesus and say, what do you have for me? Because he has the authority. Have you ever had that level of desperation? This guy, I don't know how long he was paralyzed. I don't know if it's something he was born with or something that happened to him. But what I do know is that he knew that he was paralyzed. And he heard about this Jesus that could change that. Because Jesus changes everything. And I'm not just talking about a physical ailment. What are the things in your life you're struggling with? Are you paralyzed by fear? In the midst of COVID-19, hearing the news tell you about rising numbers, is there a paralyzed fear that's keeping you from being able to live confidently in who Jesus has called you to be? Is there a paralyzing stress and anxiety that's overwhelming you? Is there a paralyzing sin struggle that's holding you back from what God wants to do? In what areas in your life right now are you feeling paralyzed? Because Jesus wants to get in and he wants to change it. Because Jesus changes everything. But you have got to allow Jesus to be your drop zone. You have to be willing to say, I will drop everything to get in front of him. And I will drop into uncomfortable situations. Because I believe through my faith that Jesus can change everything. That he can help me walk again. He can help me see again. And I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about the spiritual. I want to walk by faith, not by sight. I want to see the other side and say, God, I don't know. I can't see it exactly what it's supposed to look like, but I'm trusting in the vision that you've given me. That's a belief we have through Soul Revival Church. He put on our heart that we were going to be a part of a movement that was going to see revival within our city, and we are still believing that today. COVID is not going to stop that. We will not be paralyzed by fear. We will let our faith walk us through the darkness. Because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. The only way to the Father is through Jesus, because Jesus changes everything. But is Jesus your drop zone? Is Jesus your drop zone? I want so desperately for him to be mine in every area of my life because I want to drop everything to get to him. I want to drop into uncomfortable situations. See, and this is funny how they respond. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. They were coming with a physical need and Jesus is speaking to a spiritual one. Your sins are forgiven. He sees the faith of these men and the faith of this man in front of him and said, Your faith, through that, your sins are forgiven. Jesus cares about everything that you're struggling with. He was sharing a message right now with what people would call the elite, but he took time out to talk to the paralyzed man, the one that they would say is the least of these, because Jesus came for the sick. He took time to look at him and say, Not only will I take a moment to talk to you, but because of the faith that you have, I'm going to forgive your sins.
How to hear that type of thing being said, it's like, how do you quantify that? Can I trust that? Can I see my sins forgiven? But there's a grace through the Holy Spirit that when your sins are forgiven, there's a freedom there for you. But look at how the Pharisees respond. And the teacher of the law, they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus knew what they were thinking and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has come with authority on earth to forgive sins. Authority. The authorized landing and launch point. That's Jesus. He is the only authority. And when we drop in front of him, he has the authority to forgive sins. So he's speaking this to them, and he's looking at the spiritual over the physical. There is a spiritual battle that we are fighting, and we have to be willing to press into Jesus to get through it all. Because he wants to anchor our faith. His answer might not look the way that we would hope it would. As he was told him his sins were forgiven and the man's laying on the floor like, yeah, but I want to walk. Jesus is like, there's some things within the heart we got we to gotta address first. So when you turn to Jesus, you can't just magically expect, boom, life's perfect. It could happen. Jesus can do anything because Jesus changes everything. But the most important thing is a transformation within our hearts as we accept a relationship with Jesus. Accept the fact that he died for your sins, that he is the savior of the world. There is no greater joy and no greater gift. Confidence. Faith is a confidence in things hoped for and belief in things not seen. So he said to the paralyzed man, now he changes where he's looking. I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And then the dude didn't move. I'm just kidding. Immediately, immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Jesus changes everything. And when Jesus is your drop zone, you will drop everything to get to him. You will drop into uncomfortable situations, but you'll drop off what was holding you back before. You'll drop off what was paralyzing. You'll drop off the pain and the insecurities and all the struggles that you face within your life. You can drop them at the feet of Jesus and he'll say, get up and walk. He will say to get up and walk. And that one thing that became your comfort zone, that mat, now you get to carry it and say, all right, I'm off to do better things. God has a plan and a purpose for my life, and I am going to get up and walk. But he went home praising God. God gets all the glory because Jesus changes everything. Do you believe that? Is Jesus your drop zone? Or is your job? Is your family? Is that addiction that you're just struggling in, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be? Is that what's your drop zone and you're wondering where's God? Have you made Jesus your drop zone? Because Jesus changes everything, but he can only change what you allow him to. He's coming after you, but you got to turn around and say, God, I want what you have to offer. He will not force you into a relationship with him. When I married Melissa, I couldn't force her to marry me. 
I was pursuing her like crazy, but she had to accept that. We have to accept a gift that God wants to give us. When Jesus is your drop zone, it makes you want to drop everything. It makes you want to drop in. It makes you want to drop off what was holding you back. But only through him can he save you and set you free. Jesus changes everything. Here's what comes next. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. Everyone. Can, can we say everyone? everyone? Everyone. Because remember who he was originally talking to, the teachers and the Pharisees that were in there, the skeptics, the ones with the bad motive. But everyone didn't say not them too. And I kept reading on after the story to see, but did they come and plot against him? Because there's lots of times where Jesus like shuts these dudes up and they go off and plot to kill him afterwards. But this is a moment where it says everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And it's because of the faith of these four men that brought their friend there. It was the faith of this paralyzed man to say, I've heard about Jesus, I've heard what he's been doing, and I just have to drop everything to get in front of him. And I don't care, there is nothing that's going to hold me back from getting in front of him. I don't care if the doors are locked, I'm going to go through the ceiling, I'm going to pick apart the roof, and I'm going to drop in to get in front of him. Because I know that in front of him I can drop off all my burdens. I can drop off all the paralyzing things in my life because he wants to set me free. He wants to set some people free today. As we can see chains fall like we were singing before. Do you have a belief for that, that he wants to set you free? Some of you feel like you don't deserve it. Like, yeah, that's for somebody else, but he doesn't love me that way. No, he's talking to you. He wants you to drop in because you can drop off all those burdens because he wants to set you free because Jesus changes everything. See, and I love this story because it highlights our values as a church. And I want to break it down for you in a moment because as I was reading this and the Holy Spirit convicted my heart, I'm like, wow, praise God. So this is our recap. Normally you get a recap up top, but we're going to give you a recap at the back end of this message. It's almost done now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Made for more, the first value we talked about. Is believing that God has created you on purpose and with a purpose because he has made for more. These four friends, they believe their friend was made for more. This paralyzed man, he believed he was made for more because of a faith in Jesus. So they went to him. Do you believe that you're made for more? No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've faced in your life, there's still more. better together. That paralyzed man was not getting there on his own. He needed help. He needed some people to get him there. And one man might have been able to carry him, but could he have lifted him down from a roof? How long would it have taken him to put a hole through that ceiling? Better together. We are better together. God has created us for community. We gotta go through life together because that's how we hold one another up when we're facing challenging times. You might have a friend that's paralyzed by some of the things we've been talking about this morning, but when we're together, we can help speak truth into their life. We can give hope and say, you know what? Jesus is there. He is the anchor for our soul. He wants to help us through this. We are better together. Everybody, always. We are called to love everybody always. We are only responsible for our response. I don't care what anyone's done for you or towards you or any of that. 
You can't expect someone who doesn't know Jesus to love like Jesus. But when you have a relationship with Jesus, we are called to love everybody always. And Jesus modeled it for us in this moment. Because these people, with the wrong motive, he remained motivated and knew that I was about to heal the sick. He foreshadowed the healing that was about to take place. But it wasn't just for that paralyzed man. It was for every teacher and Pharisee in that room. Because everyone praised God after that man was healed and got up and walked again. But we have got to love everybody always because you don't know what God wants to do. You don't know whose hard heart he wants to use you to penetrate. But Jesus has got to be our drop zone. Everybody, always. Hustle with heart. See, nobody's perfect, but we seek excellence. We do the best we can. We give everything we have. These four friends, they could have carried them up to the doorstep and been like, oh, no room for us. All right, man, I'm sorry. We tried. I'm out. No, they looked around and said, what other options do we have? They were hustling with heart, like, no, we've got to get them in front of Jesus because we know life transformation can get there. Those people in your life, are you hustling with heart? Like, I, it's not all about, hey, you're not living out what the Bible said or you need to open it. Say, no, let's love like Jesus would. They weren't telling their paralyzed friend. They weren't preaching at them. They were showing him the gospel. They were showing him that love by hustling with heart. Lead from last. They led from last because I'm sure there's some things they were struggling with, some things they would love to ask Jesus for. They're like, you know what? I'm going to put my friend first because I want to see him walk because I've got faith that he can walk today. Be the blessing. Last week, Melissa shared, it's our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's not just financial giving. Being a blessing is who we are to say, right now, I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to use a talent I have. Somebody was strong enough to carry him, all four of them together. Someone had the thought process to say, let's go up on that roof. Someone was up there like, man, how can we get through this roof? Like, but they were willing to be the blessing. See, but Jesus was too. He was interrupted in that moment, but he allowed a distraction to turn into a demonstration of his love. Let's not live a life where we feel like distractions are a frustration and a discouragement. Let's look at the distractions that pop into our life and say, how can we use this as a demonstration of the love of Jesus? Because Jesus was like, I'm going to be a blessing in this place because he knew that that man was going to come down and he did not allow it to be a distraction. He said, let me show them a demonstration of my love through this and what it looks like to be a blessing. Walk in worship. The man walked out of that room praising God. He said, you know what? I was just transformed and my walk is going to praise him. I'm going to point to God with all the days of my life. When Jesus transforms our lives and our hearts are different, we can walk in a posture of praise. We can walk and say, Jesus changes everything. He changed everything within me, so I'm going to walk and I'm going to own it. Because Jesus changes everything. When Jesus is your drop zone, you are willing to drop everything. You are willing to drop in and you are willing to drop off all the things behind you because Jesus wants to help you do it. And as I think about Jesus changes everything, how did he change my life? 
was in a state of so much chaos and struggle and heartache and pain. I just wanted to end it all. But in my darkest moment, God used someone to show his love to me. Someone who was willing to be a blessing. My wife, Melissa, used her to share the good news about Jesus with me. And I'll never forget that moment when I acknowledged the fact that Jesus changes everything. That he transformed my life. He changed my heart. If you knew me before I knew Jesus, you'd be looking at me now saying, who is this dude? Jesus is in the business of changing hearts. But we've got to allow Jesus to be our drop zone, not the things of this world that want to pull us off track. The other cool thing about a drop zone is it's not a recreational thing only. What really got people parachuting and why they started to invest so much resources and technology and how to do it is because the military wanted to be able to use it. Because a drop zone in the military is a place, a safe place where people can jump and they can land in and parachute so that they can enter into the battle that they're facing or supplies can be brought in. When you step into a relationship with Jesus, sometimes you are stepping into a battlefield. But it is a fight worth having and he wants to equip you for it because when Jesus is your drop zone, you might be dropping into a battlefield, but he will equip you for it. Because Jesus changes everything and he wants to give you the power to persevere no matter what you face. When Jesus is your drop zone, you are willing to drop everything to go after him. You are willing to drop into uncomfortable situations. You are willing to fight through and break through roofs and barriers that are trying to keep you from the love of Jesus. And you're willing to drop off. Leave the things behind because Jesus wants to say, you know what, I got that for you. Jesus changes everything. Are you willing to let Jesus be your drop zone? There is freedom there. There is so much freedom there. Because Jesus changes everything. He splits time in two. And what's incredible about Jesus, see, you think of a drop zone being an authorized location where you can lift off and then land. But when you land in front of Jesus, he will help you lift off. He will take you places you couldn't imagine. He will take you on adventures and journeys that are a story worth telling for a lifetime. I look forward to battles because it not only creates perseverance, but it creates a story that you can tell about God's goodness because every single time he has met me on the other side and God wants to meet you on the other side. Some of you today have never made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus and we want to give you that opportunity right now. Because Jesus changes everything. He wants to meet you where you're at and he wants to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's it. There's no special thing you have to do or say. You just say, I believe. I believe. And that's trusting in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, but that he did not stay there. He was raised again. And now he's seated on high next to the Father in heaven, and he has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to lead us and guide us. If that's you today, can you just throw in the comment section, that's me? Or you can type, I believe. And maybe you don't feel comfortable doing it. That's okay. 
That's okay. In your heart right now or in whatever space you're in, just say, I believe. Because as lives are changed and transformed, because Jesus changes everything, there's a celebration taking place in heaven right now over what that looks like for you. And we want to celebrate with you right now, but we want to pray with you first. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing about those chains falling. We're going to sing about the holy ground, because Jesus changes everything. God, I thank you so much right now. I thank you for those who made that decision today to step into a relationship with you. I thank you that they said yes. I thank you that right now in their hearts, they're saying, God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for where I've fallen short. Forgive me for everything that I've done. And I thank you that you are forgiving their sins in this moment as they believe in who you are, that they can turn towards you, that they can encounter your love and they can encounter your trust and your hope that only you can bring. Thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.